Happy Monday. You are listening to the Tar Devils Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network, where we talk Duke, UNC, ACC basketball. And welcome into episode 11 of the Tar Devils Podcast. My name is Tyler Azari. I am the unfortunate Duke fan with this duo with my friend John. Hey, John. Uh, Tyler, why so quiet? Why so quiet this morning? I think we, uh, I think we got something to celebrate. Maybe tar. Eels. Tar. Eels. Humongous win for the Tar Heels last night. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, the day after. Tyler is still a little, little down. Uh, you're gonna hear it during our live uh, recording that we did after the game late last night as well. Tyler, uh, taking it from all sides, but. This is part of the deal. This is the UNC Duke podcast. Tyler, you talked a big game all year long on the podcast. We have the receipts. I believe we are a big game. I've been down on this team all year. What do you mean? You predicted Duke was going to win by 40 points last week. And now. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) No, not quite. Not quite. We, We both. I think came into this game equally nervous about our teams and uh, North Carolina prevailed. They ultimately just were a little bit tougher, a little bit uh, more strong on the inside with their post players. And, you know, Caleb Love, uh, I think that he really showed up and those three things right there were the difference. Tyler, after a little bit of time to let this loss marinate, how are you feeling? Well, I don't think it stings that much because this team isn't going anywhere anyway. If this team is like one with like last year that could compete for a championship and they're losing games to UNC, it's, it hurts a little more. But I've kind of accepted the fact that this is a bubble team at best, and we'll see if we make the tournament. But you, it felt like that game was played for an NIT bid versus an NCA berth, which – it's pretty low stakes, so it's not the worst thing in the world. UNC was due a win after years of losing, so you know, I feel like I'm I'm pretty much over it. I had to eat crow right after the game, so. Uh, here we go again, Tyler. Moving the goalposts. If it's a Duke win, oh, it's the greatest game of all time. All of a sudden, Duke loses. Oh, the game doesn't really matter that much. Oh, it's just for basically to get whoever wins is going to get the 11 seed in the NCAA tournament. That may be true, but it's still UNC Duke, still a huge win for the Tar Heels, a springboard for the Tar Heels the rest of the season, and perhaps for Cole, or excuse me, for Caleb Love for the rest of the season. Um, did you see his Instagram post last night? I thought that was a crazy shot, but he said it like Jeremy Rose should have had to have a hell of a game too. I did, yeah, I, I agree, but also I did not realize it was this personal. For Caleb Love, he. he I told you. Remember, I told you the beginning, like one of our first episodes, that Caleb wanted to go to Duke. I, I, I remember you saying that, but this felt like he really was holding this in inside. Um, Roy Williams should have told Caleb Love that he was playing Jeremy Roach every game this season. He might have done a lot better. I mean, Jeremy Roach had a really good game too. I think his best of the year, but uh. Yeah, if, if for listeners that don't know, it was a picture of Caleb Love dribbling at half court and Jeremy Roach was guarding him. And the caption, I believe, 
was everyone's a savage until you face to face with one. Basically calling Jeremy Roach out, but yeah, yeah, I didn't. I'll be honest, I didn't like that. I think Caleb Love's a pretty likable kid, but I thought that was kind of a a BS caption to have. But you know what? He's got to play Jeremy Roach again, and he's got to play Duke again when Matthew Hurt doesn't have seven points, and hopefully, actually learns how to play defense. So we'll see. Um, we recorded live right after the game. Um, it was a fun time to interact with some of the listeners and get their opinions and some raw emotion. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that segment live from the locker room app. Here we go. We are live following UNC's 91-87 win over the Duke Blue Devils. Tyler, how are you doing? Uh, Never doing this again. That's what I know. (laughs) It seemed like a good idea for you, Tyler, and then now you have to come face the music. Well, when we, started, when we started this, I didn't know it was going to be Duke's worst season of my entire lifetime. You watched your Duke Blue Devils fall 91-87 despite getting two free points from the refs because you, you know it just as well as I do. Matthew Hurt stepped out of bounds, came back in. All right, how about – how about the many travels, you guys? Garrison Brooks' first three-point play was a travel. Let's not talk about missed or, like, extra points. Armando Baycock came in from the baseline three different times. They didn't call it. You, you mentioned points. I think that's where we should start tonight. Uh, the bottom line, UNC scored four more points than Duke. That's ultimately all that matters. UNC pulls away with a yep. four-point victory. How about Caleb Love? 25 points. Very impressive. From the, the biggest freshman. anomaly game of his career, and UNC needed every bit of it. Yeah, he uh, is not a good three-point shooter, and yet he shot four or five from the three-point line. Oh, UNC for the year. UNC for the year. 30% from three. Nine of 13 at one point in the game. What the hell? But on the flip side, UNC shot 59% from the free-throw line. They went That's 13 consistent. 22. That's consistent, though. I said in the on our um, last show, I said that UNC, I think, would lose late because of turnovers and free throws. And the turnovers weren't quite there, but the free throws were there. The, the missed free throws, that, that's been a, a theme all year for UNC. With, uh, without a doubt. There were some rough moments on, at the line there, uh, but UNC prevails. Tyler, what are, your, what are your thoughts after watching this game? How do you think Duke played? How did they end up falling short? Uh, I, I got to throw it on K. The the starting lineup, Jalen Johnson's not in it. And I was watching with my brother and my dad, and I looked and was like, what the hell are we doing? Why is Jalen Johnson not playing? And he played three minutes, three of the first ten minutes of the game, Jalen Johnson played, and was on the bench the other seven. And that starting unit was minus ten on the floor. And then Duke went small, clawed back, and was tied and winning at some point in the first half. And then K comes out. And throws that same starting unit back on for the second half, and Duke is at an eight to ten point hole again. And then K goes small. I just don't understand what the lineup change was, and why the hell Joey Baker is playing so many minutes down the stretch. The last five minutes, I'm screaming at the TV, put DJ Stewart in. Instead, I have to see Joey Baker miss another 
big wide open shot and then throw the ball out of bounds. Well, it was off Baycott. You want to talk about missed calls, John? Clearly off Baycott, and then UNC got a three other way, big turn. But then DJ Stewart comes in with like a minute and a half left. I don't know what the hell K was doing. I think seriously, I think it was a lineup issue, and it's it, a, a lot of it is on K. So that's my thought on that. Here's a uh, a tweet I want to shout out. Uh, one of the Duke guys, Jason Tatum, tweeting out, "See, love is a pro." So how about that, Jason <laughs> Tatum, showing some love to to Caleb Love. Is Caleb even on draft boards? Uh, no, but I think Jason is a St. Louis guy, and so is sales Caleb Love. So that might be the connection there. Uh, this was this was a really big night for North Carolina. Obviously, um, the fact that Caleb was able to give them 25 points um, is just huge. He's never done that in a game all season. So for him to step up like that in this game on this stage was huge. And then how about Kerwin Walton, four for four from the three point line? That's huge to get that wide open too, because DJ Stewart has zero IQ on off ball defense. He leaves them open every time. Well, the only thing Kerwin Walton does is shoot wide open threes, just run him off the line. And he was getting wide open looks all game. Yeah, just a huge, huge, you know, but still, you have to make them. If they're wide open, you have to make them. Yep. Um, so big from him. How about Baycott with 16 points? And then yeah. Garrison with The 12. only surprise to me was Garrison making those turnarounds in the first half because he yeah. sucks. But, of course, he missed all of them the second half. That wasn't a big shock. He he carried UNC early on, and then um, Dayron, I think, played well as well with 11 points, five rebounds, or excuse me, nine rebounds. So almost a double-double for Dayron in his Dayron had one cuff, like, put back one-handed dunk that was that was nice that I really yes. liked. But other than that, I didn't think he showed a ton. I still don't understand why Walker Kessler has regressed this year. I think he's still the most skilled, but he can't even see the floor. Yeah. All right, hold on. I see Jack is in this room. Jack, request a talk. I want to hear your thoughts on some of the Yeah, feel free. While while he's doing that, John, what did you think about it? Uh, This was a really exciting, exciting game for UNC. After the way they played earlier in the week, when uh, they just really didn't give anyone much confidence in their ability to see UNC come out and play the way they really attacked from opening tip. I felt like the UNC, the UNC group was really, you know, never passive, especially early. They were really taking it to Duke. Duke settled in eventually. Um, but that was really impressive to see. Um, they didn't do it really through fast break points, but they were able to work their advantages on the inside to get some buckets for the big men. And then, really, the three-point shooting saved them tonight. 10 of 15 from three as a team. That was enough because uh, Duke brought it Duke brought it as well. Um, so, yeah, a huge win for the Tar Heels. Something to build on moving forward for the rest of the season. Um, I think this could be a little bit of a turning point for this team. A big confidence booster. I also think that the fact that there were no Cameron Crazies this game is just huge. I think that really changed the trajectory. Uh, you know, with with the Cameron Crazies in there, I really doubt UNC would have won this game. See, uh, these games so. shouldn't even count, to be honest, because the Cameron Crazies is a big big advantage. But UNC has a champagne crowd, so no one even like it's not even a disadvantage for y'all with no fans. They're used to it. Uh, Hold on. Qu- quick shout out to Jack. He yeah. Said, How many more L's till Coach K says we need to end the season so the kids can go home for Valentine's Day? Jack, I hate you. Get off my line. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, someone was also saying that Coach K's first question in the uh, uh, press conference should be, 
uh, where do you go from here to see if he uh, <laughs> asks That's another really student cool. journalist what his or her major is. Um, yeah, pretty. Oh, pretty hold on. Cool. My last thought is this. Wendell Moore, who you know I've never been like, the biggest fan of. He played an okay game, but how in the hell do you drive, have a wide-open strong side layup, try to reverse it for no reason, and you don't even get a shot up? What are you doing with the two-point game? Just absurdly terrible. Pretty, actually yeah. pretty embarrassing, to be honest. And that seals the game. Was it Leaky Black that made the two free throws at the end? Uh, let me see. Yes, Leaky made both free throws with seven seconds left. I think he missed one and then made three straight. Yeah. Yeah, that, very, that's very unfortunate. I saw Wendell had the ball in his hand, and my heart dropped. I already knew his game over. I would it was a nerve-wracking have... ride, though, for, for the UNC faithful as well. UNC took a five-point lead with 57 seconds left after Caleb Love made both free throws, which is rare just yep. to start with, to have a UNC guy make both free throws. Yep. But then Duke clawed back. Wendell Moore had a layup. Um and then DJ Stewart made another layup that cut it to one point. So it was a it was a bare knuckle ride. I think that a lot of UNC fans too were thinking about how last season ended. Uh, excuse me, how last year's UNC Duke game ended. Just you know thoughts of here we go again. But this team pulled it out. They showed a lot of toughness. Um, well, after after Leaky made the second free throw, I started thinking about the Austin Rivers game, and yeah. I looked at the inbounds and I said, oh shit, no one on this team I have any confidence pulling up for three. Yeah. And, I, would, uh, I wish DJ Stewart would have had the ball over anyone, but Wendell Moore, I know, is not making a three. And he's turnover prone as hell, which obviously happens. So when we won, Duke won against um, Georgia Tech, it was Hurt and Jalen that had the ball in their hands the last four or five possessions, and they scored every time. And I don't think either of them had the ball to shoot in the last couple of minutes of this game. And we lose, so that's that's how it goes. Yep. It was a it was a well played game too. I mean this was there's been some ugly UNC Duke games over the year, but I felt like this was really well played. Both teams brought it offensively. Um, you know, that's reflected in the final score, ninety one eighty seven. I think that was really impressive. Um just to see that level of offensive display. No one the nerves didn't really get to anyone. Um I felt like I would have John, do you know what the over under was? I would have Guess this game would have been in the 70s. And somehow Duke shoots 11 for 25 from three, and UNC ends up with 10 of 15. But that's yeah, probably I, like three times the totals or like the average per game for each team. Yeah, I, I think the over-under was 147 in some spots. So They obliterated that, yeah. yeah crushed it. I mean, what's, what's crazy is that UNC scored 50 points in the second half. That's just a few days after scoring 50 points. Yeah, in a loss yep. to Clemson. So it's just night and day, UNC. But offense. you know why? It's because Matthew Hurt's so damn slow. He was giving Duke nothing on offense, and then you would target him every single time down the floor, and he was getting eaten alive down low. He wanted, he didn't. How many rebounds did he have? Three rebounds. Three rebounds, and he's supposed to be the, the big guy down low. Yeah. Uh, if he's going to get killed – on defense, he's got to be a feature on the offense, but he had zero points the first half. When he made that three um, to cut it to two, like kind of late in the mid-second half, I knew he was going to go selfish mode and just jack up some shots. Then he took some 
step back three, clang, three the other way for Caleb Love. And six-point swing just like that. And then Matt Hurt fouled out shortly after. What it sounds like you're saying is, Tyler, that Coach K got thoroughly outcoached in this game. That's what I'm hearing from you. Uh, I mean, I already told you I put it on K because I thought his lineups were terrible. But it's nothing Roy did. Coach K was just an idiot in himself. I didn't like the game plan at all. Yeah. They, uh... hey, but good minutes from Henry Coleman. Shout yes. out to him. He played your bigs very tough. Very active, which I liked. I don't Actually, know what's happened to Jamin Brakefield, who from the beginning of the year was pretty fearless off the bench. One of our more like star freshmen and then comes out and airballs his first shot and doesn't see the floor after that. I don't know what's going on with him, but you know what? Here's what I, here's my takeaway. Jalen Johnson and Matthew Hurt will leave. We have a beast recruiting class and we got a championship next year. So everyone talk their trash now because <laughs> next year we're bringing up a banner. I think there's a lot of people listening right now who are writing that down. Because uh, not with me. Now, now, Tyler, when you make these claims, they're uh, they're recorded on on the on the live yeah. pod here. So Paulo Benchero is going to come in and dominate ACC Player of the Year. Can't wait. Speaking of looking ahead a little bit, UNC, there's no rest for the weary here. UNC turns around; they have to play Miami on Monday, and then Big they game, go. Huh? Yeah, they get, and then they go on the road to Virginia, and then they play Virginia Tech after that. So three tough games in a row. Three, um, why is Miami a tough game? What are you talking about? Just the fact that it's a quick turnaround. I think that this okay. is going to be an emotional win. Um, if they were playing Miami next Saturday after seven days rest, I don't think that would be a problem at all. But just mm-hmm. you know, the two-day rest, that's about as short as you get. It helps yeah. that there's no travel involved. It's probably a happy bus ride home from Durham. Uh, maybe going to stop at cookout on the way home, get a snack, um, and then get ready to face Miami because yeah. you, gotta, you can't have a letdown. You can't drop a game against Miami after pulling off this big of a win. Miami, who should have probably beat in Virginia Tech today, too. They lost in overtime. All right, real quick before we end this um, live session, Looking ahead at Duke's schedule, and if you're looking at somehow they would make the tournament, the issue is they don't have any big games because the ACC is so crappy this year. They have one ranked team they could play, which is Virginia. So they play Duke plays Notre Dame, which I, I don't – these net rankings make no sense. How is a road win at Notre Dame, Duke's quad one win? I don't understand that. But Notre Dame, NC State, play at Wake, and they play UVA, Syracuse, Louisville, Georgia Tech, UNC. So I think good wins would be UVA – Louisville, and then Georgia Tech, UNC. But even if you went out, you still have to have a strong show in the ACC tournament. They're just so far behind. I don't see how you can come up with enough quality wins to make a strong case to make the tournament. Yeah. This might be uh, the last draw. It could be NIT for the Duke Blue Devils. Um, would yeah. Coach oh, K, hold on. Would Coach hold K on, accept an NIT bid? I, I don't know. I hope not. That's that's uh, below our standards. UNC would gladly accept one, but that's not Duke's standard. I see our, our special guest from a couple weeks ago, Aaron. I see is in the room. Aaron, go ahead and request a talk. Let's hear your uh, let's hear your your thoughts. He just said Wendell Moore played well, but he thought he could be the big hero again. Yeah, you know I'm not a big fan of Wendell, so it says it all. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's Aaron. Uh oh. What's up, big dog? What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. Again, I don't know how we're losing guests left and right to have you on the show, <laughs> but somehow it works out. 
Back by popular demand. <laughs> um, I mean, my thing is, I think uh, the the whole thing. I mean, Carolina's bigs just kind of control the game for me. And Caleb Love played well in stretches. Obviously, he gets out of control. Um, I just think Duke was just trying to fight the entire time to just to, to get something going. And so they're just always trying to dig themselves out of the, out of a hole. And they 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 did cut it close, but at the end. It, it just it just wasn't theirs to win, even though it just it just wasn't their night. Aaron, Aaron, Jalen Johnson doesn't start either of the halves. Is that one of the dumber moves Coach K has ever made? I I, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. I agree. I think it's really stupid. He he's kind of their their go to guy, their consistent guys of late. And I don't yeah. get it. I don't get Here, it. Here's the thing about Jalen Johnson is one, he's still the best post defender because he's got the most blocks, has the most yeah. rebounds. But more importantly, he's the he creates more than anyone else on the team, driving and kicking, and he's definitely the best passer on the team. So when he's not on the floor, you get the iso ball of Hurt, who didn't obviously do anything the first half, and then he gets exposed on defense, and you get these 10-point holes. And so it's, then Jalen Johnson comes in, and we tie it up. It's just I just don't understand what the thought process is in benching Jalen Johnson. Yeah, and even Hurt didn't play well, and that was just disappointing to see. He he, he got bucketed on by Garrison Brooks. That's an all time embarrassment. That's yeah. all time low. Yeah, he hit a few shots, but a really disappointing outing for him. Yep. We also but, have oh, a request from Jack. I want to bring Jack in as well. Oh no, he's my old roommate. <laughs> oh no, Jack, hey. what's up? <laughs> yeah, so I actually have one question for you, Tyler. Because oh crap. <laughs> much of the game, did Kay just not recruit any bigs where you're having, like, 6'8", 190 pounds, soaking wet, trying to cut, <laughs> like, UNC's monsters in the post? Like, what's up with that? Um, <laughs> I mean, Mark Williams is, is like, 7 feet, seven one. The issue is he's just so damn slim. He doesn't really have an NBA body, so he's not ready yet. But I think the thought process was he would be ready, ready to start by uh, the first game, obviously no preseason. I don't know if they were able to hit the weights like they should have been able to, but that probably sucks. And then the other thing is Patrick DePay is probably the worst transfer I've ever seen, but that was supposed to be a, like 6'10", 6'11", physical, like grown man. But he seems like he's incapable of reading any offense or defense. So your two real only big men are out. So you yeah, got to settle for 6'8", tanks like Henry Coleman. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how bad benches where you're relying on like – and Joey Baker to look Hold on, hold on. No, the Joey Baker was K's stupid decision. DJ Stewart should have been in the game. We, I think Duke probably wins the game if Stewart played the last five minutes. Yeah. I, mean, I really only watched it. About... If you're UNC, you really even feel that great coming out, though, after the Clemson game. Like, like I just well, – I think this, I, don't want to table, table. I think it was big for or, UNC because – I think the only the reason it was big was because if UNC lost this game, I wonder what the projections for the tournament would have been. They would have dropped, they would out, dropped out for sure. And Duke probably mo- would have moved in, something yeah. like that. And uh, so that's why I think it was big. I think Duke probably has a little bit more work to do than just well, beating. Well, if you look at uh, if you had looked at the resumes, why would you, UNC was still in the tournament with zero quad one wins and a worse record, like in, in terms of quality wins than Duke. And Duke yeah. would have just beaten them, so I, I don't. Duke may have been at least on the the line of first four out or last four in, but UNC definitely would have been knocked out. Yeah, 
yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of weird to see a season um, where Duke and UNC, Kentucky, Kansas are all struggling. But I guess Kansas is getting rocked now too. Yeah, they're but they're probably going to fall out of the top twenty-five this week. But oh, they're, it, yeah, they're definitely out of the top twenty-five next week. Yeah, just kind of shows how important the preseason summer is for all these teams that try to reload every year with freshmen. Yep, absolutely. All the what I would usually think of as bad teams, but they have seniors like Virginia. They're not that good of a team, but they're winning the ACC right now. Yeah, I don't know how much that's really saying though at the moment. This is why I love the live pod, though, because, Tyler, you have to answer for your team, answer for Duke after this loss live. Also, why I'm not doing it again, so congratulations to you all. I think we'll be back here after the next UNC-Duke game. Uh, let me see. That's March 6th. So one month from now, Tyler, I think we'll be back here again. Okay, thank you to everyone that joined us for that live segment right after the game. That was a very good time. Maybe not for me, but hopefully it was for everyone else. We're going to talk a little bit about some thoughts that we had that, that what weren't included in that segment right after the game. John, I'll start with you. Do you have any final thoughts on the Duke, first Duke-UNC matchup of the, of the year? I think my number one takeaway after going through the post-game quotes, going through some of the post-game stats, um, I think that Caleb Love has had a really rough season, and to hear his teammates talk about him the way that, that they did, there was a lot of love for Caleb Love. Uh, Roy Williams had a good quote. Um, he was asked a question about whether or not Caleb Love finally lived up to his five-star billing. Yeah, this is a good response. Yeah, and Roy was basically talking about how he doesn't care whether he's five stars or three moons. Uh, he's just <laughs> proud of the kid. And I thought that was really awesome. You know, yeah. me and you, Tyler, including the entire media, the entire fan base, you know, they've had some, you know, real bones to pick with Caleb Love's play so far this season. I think he really showed up in this big game. Um, so I think that that was really cool to see post-game his coach and his teammates acknowledge that. Second thing I wanted to acknowledge quickly, Kerwin Walton, just a massive performance. He continues to be uh, just critical for this North Carolina team. He's now up to 45.7% from the three-point line this season, and his offensive rating was not 197 last night. He went 12 points, 4 for 4 from the field, uh, 1 assist, 1 turnover, 1 steal. Pretty good offensive night for Kerwin. So those are my two takeaways. How about you, Tyler? Well, for uh, that last play with Wendell Moore, first of all, he missed a huge free throw right before that, which would have had the game tied. Duke would have had the ball game tied with 13 seconds left instead of down one. Would have been a huge difference. Or was it down two? Something like that. But we had to foul because Wendell missed his damn free throw. But um, against Miami, I think the play was drawn up for him as well. And he didn't execute or something like that because I know – Jalen Johnson, right after that play, last play against Miami, was yelling at Moore, like, you're supposed to curl around here, which if Kay's drawing up for one like, game-winning plays for one day more, we're going to lose. That's just going to happen twice in a row. And on that last play, man, I just thought about this, the classic Stephen A meme, and Gwendolyn Moore goes up, doesn't even get a shot up and travels, and I'm just like, how do you do that? How do you do that? You know, that classic Stephen A clip? like. 
He drives. He has the strong side lay, easy, uncontested. For whatever reason, he tries to reverse it. Like, why? Why are you trying to reverse it when the strong side layup is there? And I think it was R.J. Davis that was under the basket. He made a great play because the last thing you want to do is foul and give him an and one, a possible and one, right at the basket. He's right under the basket. So instead of jumping to try to block the shot, because R.J. Davis was on the other side of the, the rim, he would have had to jump forward to try to block it. But he's small. So he kind of just jumped straight up, put his hands out, kind of a feint, not really contesting it. There's still eight seconds left, so UNC will get the ball to win still or for a chance to win. And he goes straight up. And I guess Wendell thought he was going to come forward, so maybe he was going to try to reverse and get an and one and, and slip it. I don't know. Either way, it was a terrible play. And I think at the end of the day, every Duke fan is just cursing out Wendell for why you don't take the the easy layup that was there. But – you know, that happens. I still think the biggest reason Duke loses is because of the stupid lineup changes Coach K made. I looked back, and the first four minutes of the first half, Duke was down 17-7. to First four minutes of the second half, Coach K used the same starting lineup. Duke was down 14-6 to in that stretch, or was outscored 14-6. to Who wasn't on the floor during that time? Jalen Johnson. How was your best player, your best defender, best post defender, which we need against UNC? And the best playmaker, if you see him drive, he's always sucking the defense in and passing, very unselfish. So if he's not scoring, he's still making plays for everyone else. How can he not start and play those that in those stretches? The opening minutes of the first and second half are crucial. And he's Jalen Johnson sitting on the bench. I do not understand it for the life of me. The first 10 minutes of the game, Jalen Johnson played three minutes. What is that? That's the reason Duke loses. I don't care about the turnovers. That happens because of the lineup changes. Joey Baker's playing from the five-minute mark to, like, two minutes left in the game when it's a one-possession game. Tell me DJ Stewart doesn't make that wide-open three or doesn't get to the bucket Armando Baker instead of throwing it off him. Like, I, and, then, and then DJ Stewart comes in with a minute left. I'm just speechless as to why K made those changes. But let me say this. Mark, or, uh, Matthew Hurt had seven points that game. I bet you his plus-minus was somewhere around minus 17 to 20. Had to be just because of the stretches that he played. That's when UNC went on the runs. But Duke scored 87 points somehow with Matthew Hurt scoring seven points. So if I'm thinking about the next game, I don't. I think K is going to find a way to get Hurt more involved and get some stops. And Caleb Love's not going for 25 again. So you're going to have to get it out of someone else. So I'm still, I still think Duke can win at UNC. UNC is not going to go 9 of 13 from three to start the game either. So – Looking ahead, I think Duke can still win that next game. Took every bit of Caleb Love's massive performance. I think one of the reasons Caleb Love plays well is because he's going against Jeremy Jeremy Roach, who he knows he can beat. A big thing with Caleb Love is confidence. We talked about that. Jeremy Roach and Caleb Love are the same class, the same year. They played against each other in high school. So Jeremy Roach knows going into the game, okay, I can get I can get after this guy. He can't guard me. I'm gonna shoot with confidence. But if you play other games where he's being guarded by seniors or going against seniors, but people he hasn't played against, maybe the confidence dwindles a bit, and that's why he doesn't play well. That's the only reason I can think of as to why he had kind of an anomaly game for the year and went off. But hats off to him. Hats off to UNC. Squeaked out another nail-biter. Duke keeps losing these two-point games, these one-possession games, and it's going to keep him out of the tournament. So that part sucks, but it is what it is. 
Tyler, the frustration you expressed at Coach K, I think, was shared by a, a lot of Duke fans. You go through the message Absolutely. last night. People are not happy with him. Um, one one comment I saw that maybe we can talk about in another future future podcast, future maybe a wrap up. They say that Coach is Coach K is just relying on Duke's talent rather than coaching them up and getting them there. I think I disagree with that. Strongly, because he's made a ton of system changes. It's just the personnel, the personnel that he put out there wasn't the best personnel. But I disagree with he's relying on because he, he knows after the first couple of games we don't have that one and done talent that we've had in the past. So I disagree with that because he's played more system basketball this year. But I still am not pleased with the lineup. That was a that was a people are saying. I wasn't necessarily yeah. saying that. There's a lot of chatter out there on the internet. People. You know, Is he a top five coach in college game. basketball right now? I've seen all that, yeah. Yeah, so a lot to discuss there. Um, we're going to jump into our final segment here. We're going to make predictions for the upcoming week's games. Um, Tyler's, Tyler's going to recap the past week as well. So let's jump into that final segment. Okay, so last week we already talked a little bit about Duke falling to Miami, also UNC getting waxed by Clemson. Also, Louisville beat Georgia Tech 74-58. to Pitt turned it around, beat Georgia Tech 83-72. to And then Virginia Tech, big win over Miami in overtime, which if you watch that game, Miami blew that up three with two seconds left. Their defenders fell over each other and gave Virginia Tech a wide open three to send it to overtime if Virginia Tech wins. Would have been a huge win for Miami. A good would have been nice for Virginia Tech to lose for UNC and Duke's purposes, just for the standings. But nevertheless, Virginia Tech prevails. UVA then has a massive second run or second half run and beats Pitt 73 to 66. That's kind of the most of the big games are Louisville and FSU have had games postponed. Mainly FSU is postponing a number of games right now. So some of the big matchups have been canceled or postponed. I don't know if any of these games are really going to get rescheduled, John. I haven't seen any news about that. But all these games that are postponed, I don't think they're going to get rescheduled. You're just going to have a ton of less games played and a lot of less big matchups, which if you're Duke, that hurts because you've had games against FSU postponed that Duke needs to have as many quality wins going forward as possible. So they need all those opportunities. But, help increase their NIT seed from three to two. Yes, absolutely. Hey, you know what? Last year, UNC wouldn't even have made the NIT. What, you have a 6-14 and 14 record or something like that? How quickly we forget, huh? Quick side well, note, it is, it is ironic that UNC did not miss the tournament last year, but it looks like Duke and Kentucky will miss the tournament this year. Okay, sorry. Hey, hold on. UNC is not, not a sure thing right now. Their schedule was backloaded. They played all the easy games. After Miami, you get tough games going forward. You could easily lose four or five games. So UNC is not in the clear yet. Let's be clear about that. There'll be a what about a Duke UNC NIT matchup? I hope UNC wins. I do not want to see an NIT banner in Duke's gym. I would not <laughs> want to see that. Okay, so next week, UVA and Georgia Tech play. There's not much going on during the week, but Saturday some big games. Duke versus NC State. Louisville, Virginia Tech, and UNC versus Virginia. We're going to pick our games, two games, or pick the teams for Duke, NC State, and UNC, UVA. We'll start with UNC and Virginia. John, how do you see this playing out? Who are you going to pick? So in order to beat Virginia, 
you have to be disciplined. You have to have a lot of veterans on your team um, because obviously Virginia, as we all know, has that very unique system. Pack line defense. Yeah. Um, this North Carolina team that we've seen this season um, does not check a lot of the boxes that, that could pull off an upset against Virginia. I uh, think the Tar Heels will beat Miami on Monday night, but I think they drop this game to Virginia. And I think the offense really struggles, much like it did against Clemson. Uh, the team comes back down to earth a little bit. Tyler, what's your take? I 100% agree because when you look at the turnover issues with UNC, I mentioned this when you guys played Iowa. It's coming from post entries, and you're having trouble still feeding the post. A lot of turnovers come from that, which against UVA is specifically tough, or especially tough. And with the pack line defense, your bigs turn it over quite a bit when they're double teamed, especially with pesky guards. And so I think UVA's defense is going to really clamp down on your bigs, and that's how UNC is getting most of their points, offensive rebounds and feeding it to the post. So I think UVA is kind of tailor-made to uh, match up with UNC, quite the opposite of Duke, who has to go small and try to win a scrappy game. So I think UNC will probably lose this game to Virginia. I'm going to pick Virginia as well. All right, Duke-NC State, who do you got? So I want to take us back to Wednesday, December 30th. NC State was 6-1. and one. There was some chatter that uh, NC State was the best of the triangle teams. People are yep. saying, oh, this is NC State's year. Uh, yep. Not quite. They lost four <laughs> straight. Then they beat Wake Forest. They lost two more, and then they beat Boston College. So their only ACC wins have been against Boston College, Wake Forest, uh, Boston College again, and that one win against North Carolina very early on. Call them out, John. Call out the pack. Uh, here's the here's the reality of the situation, uh, and we need to send this to Dustin. NC State is not very good this year at basketball. Um, I think Duke's going to win. Even the way that Duke is playing, I think they can easily handle NC State. There's just not a lot on that team. Um, There's not a lot of talent. Uh, I think that Duke should be able to overwhelm them in that game. Tyler? I don't know. I think UNC, or NC State actually has a couple dangerous players. Beverly's a very good guard. Thunderbird gave Duke massive problems in the past. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick Duke because Duke essentially has to run the table to even have a chance. And I think they know that now. They were feeling themselves after they blew out Clemson. They had a little wiggle room. Now, with back-to-back losses, they essentially have to run the table. And I'm hoping that they don't take a breath you know, at some point during that run, but it has to start with NC State. There's going to be a couple of tough games and a couple of very winnable must-have games. It starts with NC State. So I, I think Duke's, Duke's season is not quite over yet, hanging on by a thread. And... Hopefully that's a lot of motivation for this team to really get their shit together and, you know, play play good basketball going forward. So we're on the same page this week, UVA over UNC, Duke over NC State. Hopefully it plays out that week, and I'll have a little bit more to be happy about come next episode. Yes, and we're forgetting, too, that I, I won last week's predictions. That could count, that could count for, like, I yes. think five points. But, no, we didn't officially pick this, but I did pick Miami over Duke. Mm. And the trap game. So, you know, not official, but, you know, basically, Todd. 
Yes, well, no matter what happens after next week, we'll be back to discuss it. It should be a pretty good week of college basketball following up on the big games this weekend. Also, Tyler, real quick, Super Bowl pick. I'm taking the Buccaneers. Who you got? Ew! Noodle arm Tom Brady? No, 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 no. The only reason the Bucs have a shot is because the offensive linemen mm-hmm. for the Chiefs, a couple of them are out, which is huge. But give me the Chiefs. I need Mahomes. If, if Mahomes loses to Brady... This will probably be the worst weekend in history. So, you know, <laughs> hey, I, need, I need a pick-me-up. I need a pick-me-up. Yeah, I need a pick-me-up. We agreed on the college basketball picks, but we disagreed on the Super Bowl. Uh, Tyler, tell people where to listen to us, where to find us on social media, uh, where to listen to the podcast. Yep, so please, please follow us on Twitter at Tar Devils Pod. Um, please tweet reactions to, the, to this episode and anything you want to hear going forward, try to incorporate – also, you can subscribe and listen every week on Spotify at uh, Tar Devils Pod and also on Apple Podcasts. 